Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome to another episode of the Music with Metrocka Show, episode 40. Right. The big 4 All right. Yeah. Four zero. Yeah. Whoa. All right. <laughs> uh, this is the conversational podcast where two brothers gather around these microphones each. Well, actually, no. It's, it's a new format. I can't even say the intro anymore. Each with <laughs> their own random topics. No, no. This is just an interview. This is just a, a, a fireside chat where we're just going to like... Fireside. Fireside. I'm just going to put like a little fireplace right here between us. You should. And then in the editing. And then we're just going to just, I'm just going to have a conversation. I just want to get to know you. I want to have an interview with you. This is my brother, the soldier of, the soldier of fortune, Juan Machaca. Are you going to make me cry? Yes. I actually have a <laughs> box of Kleenex. No, I'm just kidding. That, that's, that's the plan is to uh, invest in a box of Kleenex. Nice. So whenever I hit, I ask those hard hitting questions that I can just like, shh, and then if I'm, if I'm really good at my job, I'm going to have to buy a handkerchief. Oh, so that shit. way, you know, when they, you know, it's like, you can't even do that disposable shit. No, fuck oh, that. Man. You pull a handkerchief out to show that you're a boss. Okay. I just want to let you know that the only movie that made me like, cry was The Land Before Time. Damn. Yeah, whenever the parents died. When the mom died. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little foot. Little foot. Yeah. <laughs> mom died. And then they had to ruin them with all them sequels, too. Yeah. That didn't make me cry at all. <laughs> She's kind of laughing. All right. So, What's yeah. Uh, the Soldier of Fortune, Juan Manchaca. And you can follow me on Twitter at Chakalaka88, as well as PSN, Nintendo Network, XBL Twitch, all Chakalaka88, all across the board. Easy to remember. And so if you like this video, give us a thumbs up, share us with your friends, and subscribe for more content because I'm going to have more guests on. Hell yeah. <laughs> So, um, let's go ahead and get things started. Um, so Juan, um, I know we were talking a little bit off, off camera. You're not a big fan of the format. I understand. No, I'm not. No, I know. At the interview, it's just like, it's too much, uh, like a window of my soul type of deal. It's like too much. So is the, is the story of your life classified? Very much. So yes, (laughs) very much. I have to like take like 10 chapters out. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're like 65 years old, 70, can you write, can you write a tell-all book and just like let it all out and just of all the stuff that ever happened to me, yeah, yeah. probably. Back and just then. shit will go down. Like senior citizens will just like shit their pants. They're yeah, the in pe- their depends because they read the book and realize, fuck, that got out there, man. I just say I was really close to starting war. <laughs> For real, World War Three. You know? Wake up, kid. It's maybe, World War maybe. Three. All right, so uh, I guess that's the first. That's that, that's when we were, when we were uh, in the pre-planning stages of of doing this and stuff. We were like, how do we start this? So that, that's a good that's a good place to start. That's a good jumping off point. Juan, how do you start a conversation with someone? Um, to be honest with you, like, are you talking about like a total stranger or with uh, anybody or that I know? Let's do both. How do you or how do you uh, pick? A, how do you start a conversation with somebody, or, or do you like? Do you like? I feel like with you, like it's like you go to sports a lot. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like outside my realm, but like. No, if I if I know somebody, um, like that I just met, you know, if I know somebody just met and uh, I just started talking to them, I do start off by introducing myself and saying hi, how are you doing? I'll be polite, you know, and and uh, ask them about them. Yes, because you know, people like to talk about themselves. I, I don't really talk about myself as much. I like to ask them how they, you know, you know what are they. So can I pretend to be you right now? Can you sure. like, can I just, can I just, I'm going to, this is my, imper- my impersonation of Juan right here. Oh, shit. All right. So, so what's going on, man? Tell me about you. What's new, man? Talk to me, man. You haven't, you don't talk to me, man. I don't know. I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm 18 years old. Uh, I know, my name is Darren. <laughs> um, you're stupid, man. There's, uh, there's not much to say about me. I just went to school, you know? Yeah. You're stupid. I'll, I'll dig deep though. Yeah. I'll be like, Hey, well, what do you like to do? You know? Uh, who's your favorite team? Stuff like that. Yeah. Speaking of which, speaking of which, how about them Cowboys? Yeah. Um, how does it feel? When how did it feel when the playoffs happened and they lost in round one? I was pretty or round com- two technically. Actually, I was pretty confident they were going to win the first round. You know, but they disappointed me there. And to be honest with you, I thought they would get to the you know to the championship round. And maybe possibly lose there, but I think that I thought they would have had a good chance, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, my expectations weren't Super Bowl or bust. You know, my 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 expectations were Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, no, and a lot of people too. But my my I have realistic, you know, very realistic expectations for them. 
I believe that next year they have the real strong possibility of actually making it to the Super Bowl. This year, I was just happy they made it to the playoffs. <laughs> you know, make it to maybe the championship. My expectations were they make it to the championship, and that was body. That was a body. I mean, for for me, like the the unexpected, the or unrealistic expectations happened for me whenever the. Uh, they showed like the for the past three years the number one seeds make it to the Super Bowl. I was like, okay, well, fuck, this is gonna be a fourth year. We're gonna make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so since the Cowboys are like number one seed, and not to mention uh, everybody was on that Dak Prescott train, and it yeah. just kind of felt like the stars were aligning, and they're going to the Super Bowl and stuff like that. So yeah. that for me, it was Super Bowl or bust. But yeah, yeah, yeah you, could, you, you could definitely you know um, see that. But again, I, I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. They had a lot of rookies. You know, rookie quarterback, rookie running back. So, no ever, no rookie quarterback has ever gotten them to get gotten a team to a Super Bowl. So, mm. I mean, that was just that's history. You know, yeah, they could be first, but that was unrealistic. You know, to think about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, hopefully, with all their years, they're young. They have uh, everyone's talking that Elliott and Prescott are the new Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely, yeah. All right, so um, let's see. Where do I let me, let's let's shift the gears over to me? I want to talk about me. Let's talk in about relation you. in relation to you. All right. So, what is your first memory of me? Oh shit. Um. Okay. So I knew my mom was pregnant. I was eight years old. Okay. And um, I knew that. I remember going to the hospital. It was at night, mm-hmm. and we uh, dropped sense. dropped yeah. her off. She said okay, and I was like, all right. Well, when you come back. Next day, you're gonna have a brother, or you know, well, actually, a sister because you're supposed to be a girl, girl. which uh, makes sense because you know, you're very girly. <laughs> All right, so no, no, just kidding. Um, just kidding. Um, no, um, I, I remember going to school the next day, okay, and I remember bragging to everybody, he's like, Oh, I have a little brother, or you know, I have a little, you know, sibling because I don't remember saying brother, but I remember saying, Oh, we're gonna have a baby, we're gonna have a baby, we're gonna have a baby, and um, I, you know, I was like excited, you know. And then when I got home from school, there you were. You were laying down in my mom's bed. Um, it was the bed that I lost my virginity in. You know? So, <laughs> anyways, yeah, it was a the after bed. eight years old, right? No, 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 right after, after, <laughs> way after. But it was the same. It was definitely the same bed. So my mom had a king size bed, and um, it stayed know. around in the family a long time. I remember. Oh, very long. I mean, my mom had that bed forever. Yeah. You know? um, so. I remember you were laying on the bed, you were bundled up in a burrito, and I remember seeing you, and I was like, oh, man, and you were a boy, and I was like, man, that's my little brother, and then I remember picking you up, I got some scars to show for you, for you. I was like, man, you know, I was excited, you know, mm-hmm. so I remember seeing you, you know, your little ass, your little pee-pee, <laughs> anyways. It was big, what are you talking about? It was about? pretty big, yeah, it was... Not jealous at the time, and I was eight. Years old. Anyways, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a different subject. <laughs> that's a different subject. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was my first memory. Uh, I remember me yeah, coming home from school, and you were on my mom's bed, and then you know she was just you know she had you bundled up in a little burrito, and uh, I remember seeing you, and I was like, wow, that's great. You know, so were you old enough to like pick me up by yourself? Yeah, I mean, I pick you up. I, I change your diaper and everything. So. Okay, all right. Yeah. I just want to say you're, you're pretty nasty. So, <laughs> well, as are all babies, I'm sure. No, you're pretty damn nasty <laughs> for a baby. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> just playing, girls. Just kidding. You're just a normal baby. No, um. So, like, when it came to like uh, me specifically, did I did I cry a lot when uh, you picked? No, when I, picked I, I remember you being actually a pretty good, pretty good baby. I mean, um, uh, you got more attached to our. Cousin, medium, mm-hmm. and um, uh, but no, you're a very good baby, actually. Okay. Very That's good cool. baby, um, surprisingly good. All right, cool. Uh, let's see. So, so growing up, uh, what was it like growing up, like in general? Like for me, or yeah, for us, or what? For you specifically. Uh, let's make this we, about you. We grew up in Northside. Um, I remember hearing drive-bys in the night. You know, I remember growing up in a very dangerous place. I mean, it wasn't a safe place. And in retrospect... Uh, playing, but did you know this at the time? I did not know this at the time. Okay. I, in retrospect, uh-huh. um, I actually had thought about it. I was like, how crazy was it that my mom let us walk home from school like seven blocks uh, 
walk about a mile to our middle school when it was so dangerous. I mean, people were getting jacked for their starter jackets, and I used to wear a starter jacket. You know, um, I used to wear Kohans, which yeah. were like $100 plus dollar shoes. And <laughs> I was like... My like, and then I remember in the news, like mm-hmm. people were getting jacked and shot for their shoes and their uh, jackets, and we were walking home like a mile away, walking to school, back from school, and, and this was just you and Carlo together, though, right? right? Sometimes we were separate. Oh damn, no yeah. safety in numbers in that one. We were separate sometimes, and I mean it was just dangerous and crazy. You know, I remember. I remember when I was younger, I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, even when I was younger, I remember how crazy it used to be. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest and say that it wasn't a great time. And, uh, me growing up in Northside of uh, Fort Worth, I mean, it was just a pretty bad time. I remember kids getting stabbed in school. I mean, that happened while I was in school. I was playing football. At J.P. Elder? At J.P. Elder. Damn. I remember the, the school getting shot at. You know, like a drive-by shooting at school while I was there. What'd they uh, do? Did they have, like, some kind of, like, we, duck and we, cover? We had, a, we had a, a, like, an alarm go off, and we had to stay in our, our classes, and we couldn't move. We had to stay there. Very Did they simple. do that thing where they had you, like, go underneath the seats, like, the, under the, uh, like, I don't remember. Like, in elementary school, there was these drills there. Yeah. You had the four-legged cha- no, t- desks, and you go underneath them? We didn't have drills. I mean, if it was, like, a drive-by shooting, they just started the alarm say, hey, just stay where you're at. And we couldn't actually leave our, our room. Hmm. We had to stay there and just wait. I mean, in most of the time, to be honest with you, a lot of the times that we had these drills, it was during the uh, the testing period. Hmm. So it was like right before the testing period. So we would have to stay in the period before we go into our testing period. And then we would waste that time and we wouldn't be able to test. So, I mean, it was either bomb us, like a bomb threat or something, and we wouldn't miss our testing period and have to just get an extra day of studying, or whatever the case may be. I mean, it was just crazy. It was a crazy time. Damn. And I remember one I remember one guy, he went uh, to school, and he got shot in the stomach, and he didn't go to, to the doctor. Oh, and my he would act, And he actually showed us, like, the bullet shot and, like, the actual hole. And and he would like dig in the hole and like grab a piece of meat. And he's like, "Look, I got shot." You know, and he was a gang. He was a gangbanger. You know, and I was like, "What the hell?" I mean, this was a gangbanger, gangbanger. And I was scared of him, but he was really cool with me. BC for life. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, I got shot." And then he'd pull up his shirt, and sure enough, he'd pull like the nasty crap out of a bullet hole. And I was like, "Whoa!" I can be looking infected. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of stuff. Um, Also grew up getting uh, messed with, you know, uh, gangbangers. And just that was just life back in the day. So The 80s, man. Cocaine and the roller and drugs. I was saying 80s, but it was like 90s. Oh, shit. My bad. I got my timeline confused. very confused. This actually happened like early 90s. So early 90s, that would have pitted you in middle school, right? Daggett? And yeah. Daggett? Sure. No, um, I mean, yeah. But uh, J.P. Elder, I mean, I would have been like uh, 12 years old. I was 91, 92. Yeah. I don't I thought you... I thought you spent all of 6th, 7th, and 8th grade in Daggett. No? No. Just my 8th grade year. Really, huh? I guess like mm-hmm. that was interesting. So, uh, whenever you're talking about the one in Northside, you're talking about that house that has like the the driveway in a, on a hill, on an incline? Oh, yeah. Correct. That's the one? 2602 huh. Market. And then, how did that one compare to the one in the duplex? Like, is the duplex safer? The duplex was, um, I would say, a little less safer. What? Um, Twenty six oh two market was a little bit safer. Jeez, I, I was in the duplex. Yeah, exactly. You remember that, right? <laughs> I, I remember the duplex. I don't yeah. remember feeling like any. Well, first of all, you were in little the other. Fuck. You were actually in the other one. And I don't know if you remember this, but you were actually like stung by a scorpion in 2602 Market. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. You do remember that? Yeah. Oh, I remember man. stepping on it, too. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought you were going to die. What? Yeah. I don't remember getting stung. Oh, man. You got stung. You were crying. And you were jumping on that scorpion. You killed it. It was crazy. I just remember killing it. I don't remember getting uh, crying or the stinging or whatever. I just remember like... Just like bam, because I, I remember, I remember the scorpion because of like a loteria and stuff like you that. You got and... stung by a scorpion on your leg. Oh my god! Mean, but you killed it right afterwards. You did. Uh. You killed it by yourself. Hashtag uh. boss. 
Hashtag crown like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. Crown like a baby. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have been, what, three? I was talking about me. Oh. I was crying like a baby. I thought you were going to die. Oh. But, you know, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, yeah, I don't know why, but I just, I remember, like, a mental image of uh, the, the market. I remember, like, a mental image of a skeleton. I don't know why, but I don't know where I get that from. I'm not sure either. I'm. Not, I just. I just have a vague recollection of that. But again, I was super little. So, yeah. um, but then there was the, uh, the the duplex. I just remember. Mm-hmm. I remember the Super Nintendo. I feel like this is not. A, this can't be a correct memory. This has to be something that I made up in my mind. But I. I just have like this. This false memory of my of dad just walking in with a Super Nintendo through the door. And you and you and Carlo jumping up and down around around him as he waltzes in okay. with a super NES, but that doesn't sound right. That sounds like something that he would have got snuck in and secretly wrapped it so you opened it for Christmas, right? That's weird. Uh, we got the Super Nintendo while we were lived there in the duplex, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it was for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So you probably remember that. Yeah, that's actually true. Huh? It's true, but yeah. So so what Carlo and I did for Christmas. One year was we... Christmas 91, right? Christmas in 91 or 92. Damn. 92. And you might have been like three or four years old, so I don't know how to remember this. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you would have been... Yeah, like I said, you were two or, like you were three, maybe four years old. And what, what Carlo and I did was we snuck into... Uh, <laughs> we snuck to the, my, my mom and dad's car... And in the trunk, we found the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Y'all knew you were going to get it. So we knew what we were going to get. <laughs> and um, I remember, I don't know if you remember this picture, but I was holding up a sweater and I was all like bummed out. You're like, mm, you know, like I was all bummed out. My mom has a picture. It's probably in the old photo albums. It's yeah. an old photo album, you know, and I was like this and I was like, mm, and my aunt, she gave us these sweaters and I, I posed like, like I was sad, like I'm like. Eh. So you were freaking like, you're... like I was faking like it was a crappy like yeah. freaking yeah. Uh, present because I knew I was gonna get the Super Nintendo even though my mom and my dad said no we're not get you we're not gonna get you that but my my brother and I Carlo we had already gone and, and seen mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo and I don't know if you remember we had the little um, the pe- scope, the Super Scope yeah Super Scope yeah. It was in there too, so we saw the Super Scope and we saw the new Super Nintendo, and we we're all excited. We're like, "Oh hell yeah!" That's what we wanted. So um, we knew we were gonna get that, and that was that was pretty damn awesome. So when we finally got it, and we opened up the presents, we were really excited, and you know, you were there to see it. So yeah, maybe that's what you remember. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say I that just, was at, that was at the duplex. The duplex. Yeah. 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 And it was just what uh, it was uh, the Super Scope game as well as Super Mario World, mm-hmm. and those are the only two games, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So like, so Dad knew to get it because you guys asked for it. Yeah, I mean, of course that was yeah. the thing. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to, because like the thing about Dad is like somehow, some way he knows about technology. Like, I'm su- surprisingly, you know, not like. Not so much how to use it, but more so that it exists. Exactly. I don't know. My my dad stayed up with the times. Yeah, know? he really did. Like when uh, with the DVD player when it yep. first first came out, mm-hmm. we still have it. Yeah. Blu-rays, HD He still has it. VCRs. He still has it. No, no, he still has the VCR connected to his television in the in his bedroom. Yeah. So, and actually, my VCR, the one that's connected in my room, actually doesn't work. I tried watching Liar Liar on on VHS. And uh, the VCR ate it. It like fucked up the the, oh, the tape. Like it got all fucking like the yeah. tape got pulled out of the the the, the metal strip, yeah. the metal film thing yeah. got pulled out of the thing. I'm like fuck. So I gotta find some kind of like boutique antique repair shop or something to uh-huh. get it repaired because right. I don't want it to eat up more VHSs, which surprisingly we still have. <laughs> That <laughs> <laughs> was a shit ton of uh, VHS stuff. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So let's let's let's. I guess let's talk about the the Super Nintendo. So first off, why? What happened to it? Like I know it it didn't work or whatever, but like it did work. What do you mean? I remember at one point it stopped working, right? Uh, I think it just got outdated. I mean, to be honest with you, 
Yeah, because, like, I remember one time uh, Theo Mai was going to, like, open it up, but he didn't have, like, the triangular screwdrivers to open it up, so he couldn't repair it. I have, a, I have a memory of that. Maybe. I mean, I remember playing the crap out, you know, the crap out of it and uh, Super Street Fighter on it. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember it, like, just breaking down or anything like that. Could have. We just stopped playing it after a while. You know, we, I, I guess we kind of outgrew it because the PlayStation came out, like, right after that as well. Much later. Um, but, like... At the duplex, I remember Mortal Kombat being a thing. That's correct. <laughs> it was the, the crap it, out of that. It was uh, it was the devil. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did you uh, how did you deal with that with mom and and I guess it's the Diablo. You can say that. I mean, my mom, and my dad could say, "Oh, that's the Diablo. That's the devil." But they bought it for us. And they kept <laughs> buying us did they games. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they bought us the games and we watched it. Yeah. So I mean, and then we would play Mortal Kombat and like kill each other on there. So I mean, yeah, not much I can say about that except for you know we we had fun with the games that we had, and it did not mess you up for life. It didn't. It's always it's always like the weird thing was like it's like oh yeah they did this for me back in my day and I came out all right, but did you? Did you really? Did you? <laughs> Did you really? Uh, no, and I remember the neighbor at the duplex. That's how I first. Uh, that's the first time I saw Sonic the Hedgehog was mm-hmm. in the Sega Genesis, and that was like, that was a thing. And um, but yeah, I guess um, let's let's move forward in time. So, um, tell me about middle school. Tell me about eighth grade. I want to know about Daggett. So and, and that picture that I saw of you with that girl in your arms. Oh my I'll God. put it on screen somewhere right here. I'm going to have to digitize oh, it first. I don't know. If I can you, find it. You, you can find it. I don't know where it's at. All right. So, um, eighth grade was... Uh, so, my seventh grade year, I found out I was going to move. Mm-hmm. All right. And... Um, Did you like walking across the street to go to school? Well, yeah, I liked it. I mean, it okay. was only like five minutes to walk over there, you know? Yeah. From the uh, duplexes. And... Um, I would say five or ten minutes. Um I loved being in Northside. I, I actually loved where I was growing up, and and um, I got all my friends there. And uh, unfortunately, you know, we had to move. You know, we had to go to uh, Southside. And South well, side? actually, I keep saying Southside, but it was more like Central Side. You know, Central part of, of, uh, of it's uh, just south Fort of Fort Worth. Yeah. Um, it's just north of the south side of Fort Worth. Central being central part of Fort Worth. And um, I remember crying. I remember uh, my mom telling me, saying, oh, we're going to move. You know, the house is ready that, you know, we're going to move to. And I remember crying and telling her, please, 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 let's not move, blah, blah. But the one on the house on Lilac, that was like a work in progress for like at least a year, right? Yeah, about a year or two. And so... They got it ready, so, and, and then so you you knew your fate was coming. Exactly, but then they finally announced it, saying, "Hey, the house is ready. We're moving, and you're not going to go to school next year." I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> so devastating." I was like, "Oh god," I was just I started crying. I, I actually remember we were driving somewhere close to home, somewhere around uh, J.P. Elder. And then they were telling us this, and I was just crying. I was devastated, and I'm like, "No, please, you know, I want to let me finish off, you know, here in, in JP Elder." Mm-hmm. But no, you know, it, it didn't happen, you know. So I was like, oh. was, uh, yeah, "That really sucked." <laughs> and so, uh, Dad still had the Camaro at the time, right? Yes, uh, Lee going into Lilac. Yes. And when did he get into his car accident? The one that just sidelined the Camaro forever. I want to say it was around uh, my eighth grade. It was my eighth grade, or no, no, I'm sorry. Um, oh, it was my eighth grade year. That's correct. It was my eighth grade year. Okay, so yeah. shortly after, somewhere in there. Because so I was playing uh, football in Daggett, and uh, it was my friend Sock. He was uh, um, playing football as well, but he was so tiny. I mean, he was getting creamed. <laughs> when it was, it was uh, his uncle that actually hit my dad. You know, in the oh. Shit. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's interesting. I didn't know anything yeah. about that. I just, I remember being, I don't know how old I was, but I remember being young and not old enough 
to fully understand and or, or be aware of what, what the hell was happening. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just feel like it doesn't sound right. But I just I remember that being a thing. Oh, you were young, so. Um, I remember seeing Dad in the neck brace when yep. we go to visit him and stuff, and yep. I just I remember it like I don't I don't I didn't understand the gravity of the situation and stuff like that. It was and, actually pretty bad. I mean, it was in bad shape. Yeah, and so like for me, it was just like okay. And, like, there was, like, no weight to that, yeah. that whole thing, that whole ordeal. But I imagine it was, like, everyone was just in tears on the floor and stuff. I mean, I, w- I was um, sad, but I wouldn't say I was in tears. <laughs> I mean, he was, it was serious, but, it, you know, he was alive. He was good. And, you know, he sh- I knew he was going to pull through. Mm, okay, yeah. And then, but you know what didn't pull through? The Camaro. Because yeah. it's still in his garage. In my garage. Yeah. So what happened with the Camaro? Tell me about it. Because yeah. I remember, I remember two things happening with the Camaro. Number one, it stayed in our uh, by the basketball uh, hoop in Lilac for a really long time. But then one day, you decided to uh, get at a paint job, or Carlo did. I don't know who did, but somebody. It just got a. It went from black to blue, like out of nowhere. And then um, I remember one time. We were driving in it when it's blue, and there was a hole in the floor where we covered it up with like a little mat thingy, and we're just upgrading the sound system or something like that. <laughs> Is that true? Any of I it? mean, I did all that. <laughs> That's all true, right? Yeah, I, okay. I had it painted okay. blue, and uh, I mean, it was looking real nice, you know, like real nice. And Shanene, uh, right? It was like totally messed up. I mean, it was crashed completely. And I had to go and get all the parts for it and get it all ready. And, and, uh, you fixed the body up. I fixed the whole entire body. I painted it. All I had to do was the interior. Mm. And I get around to that. Never so, got around to that. Uh, mm. But and does it, it, it can't run right now, right? Because it's all just been. No, it can run. Really? Because I don't think. I don't I think. Mean, we're running it. Well, that's true, but. The only thing I need to do is give it like, an oil change and a battery. And like. Because usually, like, if a car doesn't get turned on every so often, it just degrades yeah. itself, you know. I mean, I've exactly. seen that with and, the torques. You know, all I got to do is just, uh, like, my da- it, it was sitting in my dad's uh, driveway for, like, two or three years. And all we did was give it an old change in battery. We started right back up. Mm. Same thing now. The only thing we need is to do is change the oil and give it a battery. And new tires. It's all flat. All of them are flat, yeah, right? Yeah, they're flat. But, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just turning on the engine. Oh, yeah. All four of them are on their rims. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to remind everybody about that. <laughs> That's a classic, man. It needs to it needs to have a new life. What I, actually, I'm trying to rebuild it now. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you are for the last 10 years. Um, so uh, for Elias Sweet 16, you should totally give it to her in, like, fine shape. Um, like, totally not. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> she will not get it. <clears throat> None of my girls will get it. Oh, damn. Um, they'll probably get it if um, over your dead body. They ask me for it, but over your dead body, and then I'll die. And yeah. if I die and I leave it to them, I'll bequeath it to them or me. You Fuck don't want you. it. Fuck you. You don't want it. That's true. I don't want it. You don't want it. No, but I'd probably, I'd probably repair it. Mm-hmm. Plus, not to mention it's a, it's a seventies car, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's true. It's like a classic, like a lightning steam steam McQueen or whatever the hell that is. What other yeah, references? No. Not really. That was a 60s car. Hmm. Uh, Just shit. saying. All right. Let's move on up to high school. Um, what are your fondest memories of high school? Getting laid. Oh, yeah? A lot. Every year, every every semester, a different Started chick. Started off with the ninth grade, you know. Um, is it, is it uh, how many girls throughout high school? Um, is it one per year? Is it... In high school? Yeah, in high school. It's like four. Mm. It wasn't a lot. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, why? I mean, why do you want to know? Uh, why just, do I need to put this out there? Just, I'm just making conversation at this point. You know, um, I'll tell you right now, you know, I found my wife you know, in high school, my junior year, and I've been happy pretty much ever since. How did you know she was the one? I didn't. <laughs> I did not. In fact, I was trying to break up with her, and she knows it. And uh, uh, but you know what? After a while, I, I realized it's like, man, I couldn't see my life without her. So you know, I asked her to marry me. So, how did you propose? Oh man, 
Was it at a McDonald's or something? It was after prom, you know. I had already picked up the ring. I already had it. And uh, I was already planning to go to the military. And, uh, uh, you know, I wanted... I proposed to her, and you know, I, I was giving her the ring, and I like, dropped it. You were shaking, and it just like falls yeah. off here. She gives me um, a heartache about it. Like, oh, it's like you ruined my yeah. proposal. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> all the time, she tells everybody like, "Oh, he dropped the damn ring. It's bad luck." And I was like, "Yeah." It's Is bad it bad luck? luck? Yeah, it's oh, bad I didn't luck. know that. I didn't know anything. I didn't know that. Oh, oh, damn. Supposedly it's bad luck, but we're still together. <laughs> 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 so, anyways, yeah, that's that's how it is. So, anything you want to say about high school, just in general, before we move on? You know what? Um, I found myself in high school. Uh, you worked at uh, In and Out Lube or In-N-Out O'Reilly's? Lube? O'Reilly's? No. Oh my god, you're like way off. Am I? What it's is called it? Called Gateway Auto Supply. Yeah, uh, yeah, but they got bought out and stuff. You know, I remember the, the location's no longer that anymore. Right. It's it's now green it's or called something. called O'Reilly's. O'Reilly's, yeah. But I never worked for O'Reilly's. I worked for Gateway Auto Supply. Nino. Yeah, with Nino. And yeah. um, also... Well, actually, I want to know more about them, actually. Because you had like a crew. You had like a little Motley crew thing going on. I remember uh, you, uh, Nino, uh, Christina, Eric, Eric uh, Vanessa, and there's someone else in there. I don't Nanette? know. Nanette, that's the one, yeah. You talking about like my ex girlfriends and stuff or what? I don't remember them being your girlfriends. I just remember them being like a crew that you guys all hung out together all the time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess. So. I mean, what do you want to know exactly? I don't know. I just I feel like there uh, there there are people that I I vaguely remember, and I mean not necessarily vaguely because I remember Dolores and going to their house all the time. So I just wanted to know a little bit more about the dynamic with the family because it felt like it felt like a very close knit. Friends of the family kind of thing. Yeah, situation I mean, my, my parents knew um, Nanette's family, um, Nanette's mom, and uh, you know, I dated Nanette for a little bit, and um, you know, I was very happy to be with her at the time. But you know, I moved on and uh, wanted to be with someone else. And hashtag political answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. That's true. That's no, I'm. I didn't. I'm not asking about the relationship stuff. I just. Well, wanted, um, I just wanted to know about the friendship stuff because I remember. Uh, uh, Nino became a good friend of mine at the time. Uh, he taught me a lot of stuff about cars. My cousin Eric. He also taught me a lot about cars. Um, it was a very uh, uh, awesome experience to work at Gateway Auto Supply because I actually learned about cars. How to fix your Camaro. How to fix my car. Yeah, exactly. How to fix cars. I actually helped fix my wife's car at the time. Um, she didn't know shit about cars, and she let the damn car run us up to the ground until I had to, like, you know, give it a tune-up and stuff, so. I think I was, like, 25 years old when I finally learned how to change a tire. Oh, my God. You were probably, like, <laughs> 27 when, by the time you learned about life. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Still learning about life. Um, so, yeah, you became a man. Man. Mm. I would say so. I mean, I did get married at a very young age. Yeah. I became a man when I got married. Mm. I was 19. Did you recommend that for me? No. Hell no. I mean, it's too late for you. It's too I'm talking late about for now. You. I'm like, right now, right no, now. No, I mean, you have a lot to... I had to grow up fast, you know, and uh, you didn't, and uh, my brother didn't. My other brother I, I, didn't. Carlo did. He grew up fast, but not as fast as I did, mm. you know? but he was like right there, right there next to me. And you got married at a young age, too. So tell me about that. I mean, tell me about your decision to even join the military in the first place. Like, was it... Like, I remember Sergeant Skinner. Um, he, had was, no, he had nothing to do with it. Oh, he had nothing to do? No. Okay. He was... Uh, so how did you get... First off, did you get poached or something? Were you no. like... Were they like at a, handing out pamphlets or something and you just... No. Like, uh, I remember when I was 16 years old, this crazy idea just popped into my head about joining the military, you know? And I remember asking my mom, I said, Mom, if I wanted to join the military, would you let me do it? And she said, um, yeah, but I don't want you to join the military. And I was like, well, I'm thinking about it. She's like, mm, okay. You know, kind of like that. <laughs> I, I guess she didn't think I was going to, you know, I was being, like, uh, truthful. Okay. Serious. So, like, serious, yeah. you know. But I remember what my mom had told me. She told me She told me one day, I said, um, she said, hey, you know what? I want you to promise me that you're going to go to college. And that I'm going to work another job so that I make sure that I pay for your college. And 
if you know my mom, um, she was already working like 50 or 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about working another job to try to get me through college. And I was like, hell no. You know, and then this idea came to me. It's like, you know what? Why don't I just join the military and uh, pay for my college and then make sure that my, my kids, you know, have a good opportunity. You know, my wife, my mom did, my mom and dad did an awesome job, you know, but, you know, the whole point of them working hard was for that. I wouldn't have to work as hard, but I, mean, I work hard too. And I want my daughters to have the same opportunity, but they're going to work their asses off too as well. I mean, don't mm. get me wrong. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm just going to pay you for your car, for your college, and I ain't going to do all that shit. I want them to work for, you know, their opportunity as well. Right. So that's that's how it became uh, your – it was you wanted the GI Bill? Basically. Yeah, I mean kind of. Um, I was very patriotic at the time too. Um, I was one of the, I was probably one of the very few people that actually joined the military because I wanted to do something for my country. Because like you – were you first? Cause I was the first. You, everyone else followed suit. Eric. Eric, um, uh, Edgar, Kiko. Yeah, Ivan, Carlo, like you, yeah. you beat them all to the punch. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. I was the first one. Okay, first one in our family to go. Yeah, you know, and then they all followed. Because you're the leader. I you, try to be the leader in many things. Yes, trendsetter. Juan I'm a trendsetter. Um, Juan Manchaca. Trailblazer. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever you want to say, you know, I'm, I'm that person. You know, I wanna, I wanna lead my heritage to new heights. Mm. You know, that's what I strive for. You know, I'm going to tell you the type of person I was. You know, I'm going to go back to middle school. No one ever told me um, to to do, like, football or basketball or baseball or anything. I mean, I just, I did it on my own, you know. I, I never, my parents never said, hey, do do football. They never pressured me to do anything, nothing. Okay. Absolutely nothing, you know. And, um... My my good friend Jesse Jesse Luna, he's he you know he was a very smart guy you know elementary school I mean he was so smart he skipped the grade you know and I was like man I want to be just like him you know I want to be smart like him so I started like really concentrating on school and then when I went to to uh, that was in middle that was in elementary school in middle school I was in seventh grade and like I remember being like really puny and like really small. You know, and I was like barely hitting the damn tether ball because we used to play tether ball. And then I was like, man, you know what? I want to really do something. So I joined basketball. I mean, actually, I joined football and then soccer and then like basketball. Was, was track in and there something? Yeah, I was going to say track. And, you know, I mean, I was doing all kinds of sports in seventh grade and then the eighth grade and then ninth grade. After ninth grade, I, you know, I went to 10th grade doing a lot of sports, but I had to drop it because it was so much. I couldn't do it anymore, so I stuck to the big three, which was uh, football, basketball, and baseball. And by the time I got to high school, I was already like a, I was a quarterback, a linebacker, you know, that was, you know, was in football. And in basketball, I was like the one of the point guards guys, and and I was a guard. And then in um, in baseball, I was already pitching. I was like a pitcher, you know, and. Um, all American guys. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was like, I was doing all kinds of sports. So, like, were you yeah. like, um, after, like after a freshman year, did you go straight to varsity and sophomore? No, it was my, um, I did varsity my junior. Uh-huh. I didn't get to, I didn't get to, to my junior year. We had a lot of good sports guys. You know, there was very few that actually went from sophomore like, straight to varsity. I don't. Actually, remember that was a few of them, but not. I mean, there was a couple of them. Were you guys? Were you guys winning? All, were you winning all your games when you so, were there? How was when your I went career? To Pasco, the only year Pasco went to the playoffs was my actual freshman year, and uh, we actually got to um, go to the Texas Stadium where the Cowboys play, and we were in the locker rooms, and we actually got to suit up and everything and makes you feel like a boss right man i felt crazy cool man it was an awesome experience and then after that the next three years we didn't make the playoffs for shit mm. yeah so that kind of sucked that kind of blew <laughs> going back to how i was you know no one ever pushed me to do any of these things i just did them on my own and Every time somebody told me that I couldn't do something or I was scared to do something, I would do the thing that terrified me to do. And I did it. And uh, that's just what I did. And let me tell you something. Even when I asked my mom, which let me do the uh, like military, because I, I didn't say army specifically. I said, hey, I want to join the military. It scared the shit out of me. But 
that's how I knew I wanted to do it because it scared the shit out of me. Hmm. Yeah. And then now nothing really scares me. I'm always willing to do something. And that's something the military kind of instilled in me. You've confidence. you've been through like four deployments, right? I've been through a few deployments, yeah. But even in training, they teach you to just face your fears. You know, and that's mm. what you do. So you don't, you actually do things without even thinking about. Them ah, sometimes. So in like in, let me let me make sure I'm understanding and remembering the timelines correctly. You didn't get your patented Juan Menchaca haircut until after the military, right? Because I remember your afro right no. up until basic training. You want to talk about my hair? Yeah. Um, Cause like no, grade. is it is it true? No. Because I started fading it. Because uh, I guess I'm not remembering it right. Because I remember the afro. So Just, I had an afro uh, up until the last few months of seventh grade, and I finally got like a fade, like a fade type of haircut, the one that I you know was kind of short, and then uh, after that I followed it up with more fades, more high and tights or whatever you want to call it. And then from there, um, that's how everybody saw me. And I didn't go back to the old afro that I used to have in seventh grade. Uh, so the afro wasn't in high school at all? No. no okay, no, so I'm remembering in high school it, ever saw that. I remember, I'm remembering it wrong. That would be Lagonda, which is the duplex. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I guess, I'm, I, guess like, I remember uh, the one thing I do remember about basic training was when you were graduating and stuff like that. And... I saw you with yeah, without your hair for the first time. That, that was, was military. Yeah, yeah, that was how I was like, shit. It's oh, completely yeah. new. For sure. New to me. Yeah. Yeah. Almost mm-hmm. didn't recognize you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I remember uh, watching your basic training video. Did they give you VHSs at the time in '99, or did they give you DVDs back in? What the are day? you talking about? Because they give you like a like a here here's like here's a montage of all your. It was a VHS. It was a VHS. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere somehow some way we probably have it somewhere over here. We do actually. I I think I have it because oh. I actually saw it recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The the VHS. Uh, the only thing I remember about the montage was the infamous uh, uh, room where they uh, make you vomit. Um, what is it? The gas chamber. Gas chamber. Yes. I didn't vomit. Oh uh, yeah, but you came out all watery and stuff like. <laughs> actually, I came out pretty good compared to other people. I just yeah. came out like this. That's it. <laughs> you know, I. Uh, to be honest with you, I ate a lot of chila, and what it is, it's uh, chili powder. Oh, so, I was fine. I wasn't that bad. Ah, huh. well, shit, I'm fucked. <laughs> if I, <laughs> I have no tolerance for that shit, you would be fucked. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, but okay, what? Okay. Let me just go into that. Why? What is the purpose of a gas chamber, and just in general, like why have that in basic training? It teaches you patience. It teaches you. To be tolerant of, uh, I mean, it's a hazing ritual is what it is, but honestly, you get used to it. I mean, I went back to my next units and did it a few more times, and I was fine. I didn't even, I would be in there in like five minutes and chilling, you know, like without a mask. So it it just kind of depends on what your tolerance is, but you go through it, you learn from it, you learn how to seal your mask, make sure your mask is sealed correctly. And then after that, you take it off as a hazing ritual that gets you mm. into the military. Oh, to be okay. with you. All right. Uh, so, so tell me about the about your time in the military. Let's go into that. Oh man, uh, I learned how, a lot. Of, I, how did you How did you become sergeant so fast? Because I remember you being a sergeant at nineteen, right? I was twenty. Twenty? Yeah. Oh, um, not, not me, and not even because I remember that being a thing. Like you're the youngest sergeant. Well, I mean, it took me two years and like. Two or three months to become a sergeant, mm. and even at the time it was kind of hard to do. Um, but um, I'll tell you, I had the right people push me, and uh, I I will tell you that football experience taught me how to be a leader, and I became a leader. You, so know, you set yourself apart. Oh uh, yeah, I mm. mean, I set myself apart and became a leader. And uh, the army teaches you how to do that. You know how to be a leader, and I found myself. Uh, and my leadership style in the military. You know, mm. I'm not a, I'm not a dickhead. I'm not an asshole. I'm not a drill sergeant. You know, I don't go and bark at people. I'll tell you, as a sergeant, and I was a sergeant for like maybe eight years. Um, I probably made like two people dropped like ever. Oh, like like drop two pushups and stuff like that. Like get all drill sergeant mode on them, like one time, and that was in Korea. That was like a long time ago. 
Hmm. And that was, uh, I was in middle school when you were in Korea, I believe. Because I remember like the biggest, uh, the biggest memory I have was uh, you called, you called from Korea and you were asking for anyone like just, I think you were trying to call mom or whatever, but I guess time zones. I was the only one in the house. I pick up the phone and I'm like, hello. And then you're like, uh, I think I just dialed the wrong number because you didn't recognize my voice. So you sounded like a little girl before. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this man answers the phone. And I was like, hello. And I was like, whoa. Who's, I'm like, um, yeah, I'm looking for Carlo and like my mom or my mom or my dad. Oh, yeah, dude. It's me. What's going on? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, who's me? I'm like, who are you? Oh, it's Louie. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I remember. You like, your voice changed overnight. Yeah. And I was like, damn, dude. Like, you're, and, and you know what? I remember when I was 12 and changed, my, my voice changed overnight. Everybody was like, what's wrong with your voice? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Because I sound like a little girl. And all of a sudden, I remember it was the seventh grade for me. From one day to the next, I woke up and my voice had changed. Like it was like a little girl's voice to a man's voice. You I think know? that was kind of like with me. I don't remember if it was in seventh grade or eighth grade. It's one of those two years it happened. Yeah, and I was just like, hello. And then like everybody on the phone told me, man, you sound like your damn dad and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, shit. Like I didn't know. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did not notice it. It just happened from one day to the next, literally. You know? Yeah. I just remember that. I, that was one of those funny conversations that I'll, just, I'll never forget. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so let me just ask you about, well, first off, what happened first, Georgia or Korea? I went to Georgia first, and Korea was at, towards the end of my active duty career. Wait, I thought you're still active duty. I'm in the reserve component. I'm a National Guardsman. Oh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, so, okay, so you go to Georgia you uh you living with Adams, you had Junior, you had two cars, right? Yeah. All right. Then there's the story about the earthquake. Right, you you remember that? that? I remember that story. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> well, first off. I actually you told that story recently to a friend of mine. I was like, oh, man. I remember my brother came by and he gave me the whole earthquake, you know, the whole story. <laughs> and he was laughing his ass off. And the reason why this story came up is because he took me to his ranch recently and he had – a single wide, you know, uh, trailer what they, home. And what do they call those? Those things? Single wide. Like oh, okay. Single wide uh, okay. trailer homes, trailer houses. I just I refer to those as like the back in middle school those uh, those uh, oh, classrooms, um, those classrooms that they have. Yeah, like those little portable ones. I refer to it as that. That's how I was like how how I think about, about it. portables. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Uh, yeah. No, no, I mean these are a little bit bigger than portables. These are like the portables are like double wides. These are like single wides. Oh, okay. Okay. So. Yeah, I'll just keep that one between you and me. No, we're not going to tell the story? <laughs> Let's not tell the story. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll skip over that story. Oh, okay. Um, so, does there, uh, is there an epilogue on Adams? Because I always wanted to know what happened to him. Um. Yeah, uh, he went back to his hometown and he became uh, like a masseuse, for, like a male masseuse, I guess. He does massages and he has his own little parlor and he... Has his own place. He's got them hands. Just he got the magic the hand. <laughs> Did he ever give you massages? No. Oh. oh. That was after. I mean, he went to school for that, I guess. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. The, the, he said, hey, Juan, come here. Let me give you a massage. Let me practice on, let me yeah. practice on you. He was actually a male model for a long time. And he has a portfolio. And it's actually pretty damn good. I was like, oh, shit. And that's what he wanted to do. It took but amazing shots. You can only do it for so, so much, for so long. And... Uh, then after that, he got in as a profession, and that's what he did. Hmm. That's cool. You still keep in contact with him? Are you Facebook friends with him? Yes. Nice. All right. Cool. Um, all right. So then, what happened? What What happened in Korea? Like in general? Like I just was that even was that deployment? How How big a deal was that deployment in general? Because I just like again, I would have been like in lower, not even high school yet. So. Um, I just remember that being like one of those like nonchalant things, and from my perspective, it was just like, "Oh, you're in Korea." Um, it was a real deployment. Okay. And uh, while I was in Korea, I was really close to starting a war between North Korea and South Korea. But that happens all the time. It was not just me. I mean, at the time, in retrospect, I'm thinking about it, I was like, "Man, I could have something crazy could have happened." And like, I was well, there, North Korea and South know. Korea hate each other still. Right, right. But you know, yeah. um, you get to see some crazy shit, and you know, we could be like. 
pull the damn trigger on something and the whole world war will start again. But um, I mean, it happens a lot and it, ha- and it just sucks. Because it happened, what well, the last time it happened was in the 50s, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because it's recent, some, so it's pretty semi recent history. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Um, in the 50s, it was very bad um, uh, fighting and uh-huh. they came into a uh, stalemate. And that's the way he kept it as a stalemate, and it wasn't ever like a peace treaty. Oh, so that's where they're at now. You know, fuck. Yeah. So like, fifty how, years. Later, how does fifty years later? <laughs> so how did the uh, how did you go like when you were stationed there? What was communication like? Did you have like an official translator that was Korean or something, or was it army person that was already a linguist? We had Koreans in our units. Hmm. They're called Katusas. Yeah. What is and that? It's a Korean augmentee soldier, and uh, they train with us as if they were in our, our army. I mean, that's all they, they also that's all they did, and they could serve as translators oh, okay. in English and Korean. Okay, they were from there, so the uh, they what they had to do was actually learn how to speak English and speak to us, and that's how they became Katsusas. And then now, one day, your daughters will be fluent in no. Korean. No, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. That is not going to happen. Why not? You know, I was uh, for their Christmas present. Actually, no, I take that back. Uh, Leah, for herself, she bought herself a Korean to English dictionary. That's good. It's good to know. That's cool. <laughs> so let me just jump forward in the future and we'll, we'll come back. We'll circle back to your army stuff. Okay. But what do you think about your, your daughter's obsession with Korean culture in general? That's awesome. Is that all you got to say? Yeah. They became, you know, they want to, uh, if they ended up with a Korean, fine, it's cool. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with do you, that. Do you think it's a phase? I think it's a phase. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Just like Justin Bieber and Pink? Just like Justin Bieber. Yeah. And One Direction? And Juan Direction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, is there, I, I, the only other thing I remember about you, you mentioning Korea was uh, with James Bond movie, The World Is Not Enough. Uh, not World is Not. Die Another Day. That's the one. And the opening montage, uh, yeah, Pierce Brosnan, is James Bond, he's just, he's surfing through uh, the thing. And you're like, Korea does not have waves like that. That was, oh. that was one of those things where it's like. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember that anecdote. No. Yeah, I do. Maybe. I remember yeah. weird shit. I mean, Korea, from what I remember, I was on, on their oceans and I don't remember seeing huge ass waves or anything like that. Hmm. You know, maybe, but when I was there, it didn't happen. So, like, um, from my understanding, the U.S., they have military bases every time they go to a place, right? They keep military bases. They we hold had it down. a shit ton of a military shit ton of, bases. shit ton of bases worldwide. All over the Korean Peninsula and all over the world. Yes, the U.S. is worldwide. Yes. Yeah. So, because the way I the way I, re- I was reasoning it in my head at the time was like, it was just one of those things where you're just stationed there to stay in the base and just chill there and just to hold down the fort. Was that? No, we actually went out a lot. Uh, so it was more than just, okay. All right. That's good to know. Uh, any last things about Korea? No, I mean, it was a great experience. And so I don't really have to say about that. I mean, You I saw was, cool technology and uh, music. I, actually, I, I remember that the Koreans were actually ahead of us in technology. <laughs> And I was like, Korea? I was like, Korea? I thought it was supposed to be Japan, but no. Korea was actually ahead of us in a lot of stuff. You told, us, you told me about what was, co- what was to come. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I was like, whoa. You heard, uh, you heard songs before we heard them. <laughs> we saw movies before they came out in the theater. <laughs> they, saw, they got movies a week or, or two weeks before we got them in a the theater. So it was pretty cool. Nice. Nice. All right. So... Um, do you want to talk about Iraq, or do we want to skip over that? No, let's skip over our my deployments. I mean, the deployments, yes. You know, everybody wants to talk about, like, you know, what what did I see and all this stuff. I could tell you right now that, you know, I did see death. I, I, I you know, I almost um, died a few times, and it just comes with the territory, you know. You got hit while wearing a bulletproof vest. I mean, stuff. Yeah. You know, stuff happens. Shit um, happens. And um, I personally never lost, like, a soldier. And, um, but, you know, I've seen soldiers get killed, you know. But other than that, I mean, you know, just the casualties of war. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. I got the hiccups now. Um, 
Drink some water. Then we're uh, gonna change the name of the show from Music with Menchaca to Therapy with Menchaca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I can't talk right now. Hold on. Can you cut? Yeah. Sure. All right. And we're back. So figuring, I'm just gonna. Since you said you didn't want to talk about your deployments, I think pretty much as far as everything that happened with the Army, just to wrap it up, Okay, went through two more deployments. One of them we briefly mentioned over, but you then got promoted to lieutenant, then for a second lieutenant, then first, right? right. That's where you're currently standing at? I'm a, I'm a captain. captain. Ah, fuck. Captain. Yeah, that's right. So you go through an engineering school, right, and then that finishes out. And keeps and pretty much bring, brings you up to date to where we are right now as far as your military career goes. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm in I'm in the captain's career course right now, but yeah, cool. Um, any last words about your military life? No, I mean, uh, great experience. Uh, I, I would definitely tell you that I've used it for my advantage. Uh, Work them, and promotions and money, promotions, yeah, salary, but it discounts. <laughs> It has a lot more to do with um, my experiences as a leader and uh, managing people. Um, I'm not a dick. I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not a drill sergeant. I just know how to manage people and talk to people. And I had a chance to meet a lot of people um, in the military. I'll tell you that I love a lot of my brothers in arms uh, that we deployed with, and a lot of them actually get to work with me at my current job. You know, um, and they're they're awesome. You know, they're the best. You know, so it's more than I can ever ask for, and uh, people that I've ever deployed with. All right. So now now that we're we're done with the military aspect, let's go and shift gears to parenthood. Okay. So you had your first daughter, Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. She, what? Currently fifteen. She's fifteen. Yes. And so you had her while in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so, tell me about that. Tell me about the first time you found out that that Patti was pregnant, and tell me about how becoming a father changed you. I found out she was pregnant when she came over here to visit. You know, she said, "Hey, you know, I'm a little late. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna take a test." And this was like about two years after we got married. Um, and I was like, "All right, awesome." You know, and I was actually pretty excited because you know. I hadn't, we hadn't got pregnant before. I was like, you know, was it actually, a race, by the way? I mean, it wasn't a race, but because I, re- I, I just remember that kind of being a race between you and Carlo. It wasn't a race uh, for me, but I remember thinking that, man, you know, I'm not protecting myself. You know, like I want to get body pregnant, but she wasn't getting pregnant, so I thought there was something wrong with me. Or, you know, maybe there was something wrong. But, I mean, other than that, no, I mean, we had two good years of, like, not having kids. And um, and I don't mean that, like, in a bad way. But, you know, we had the freedom to do a lot of stuff. You know, we went out to Florida a lot. Mm, yeah. The advantages of having one test. <laughs> and, you know, we had Leah, And then um, uh, from there, you know, it was it's all about parenting, you know. Mm. So what was the other question? How did how did becoming a parent change you? I mean, it changed me because um, I wouldn't say it changed me a lot. I mean, I was already a pretty responsible individual, but the uh, sense of responsibility was there. You know, um, it was definitely there when I had a kid. So I mean, other than that, everything was still the same except for I had a, a kid to take care of. Mm. Okay, and. Um, do you have any like uh, hopes or dreams for their futures as an adult? Yes, uh, they go to college, uh, preferably like TCU or Baylor, and they don't. Uh, they stay off the pole, and um, they don't have kids young. They don't have kids young, and if they do have them young, they were married. Hmm. Cool. Um, do everything the right way. Let's see if I can. Let me see. If I can pull up some questions about being a parent. Let's see here. Raising children. Um, can you describe the moment when you saw your child, your children for the first time? So um, I preach of them. So I was there when two of them were born. The first two were born. Uh, I remember Aaliyah, my firstborn. I was like, oh, man, it's my first one. I was holding her. And I was like, so, like, I was just like. Nervous. No, I wasn't nervous. I was just so, uh, 
No, like, you're it's your, your first. You're gonna how you don't even know what to expect. I think proud's the word. I was just so proud to have her, and you know, and I was like, man, it's gonna be awesome, you know. And then my second one came, same deal. So proud. I was like, oh, I got my second one. Awesome. It's a girl, but that's okay. The third, <laughs> third one's gonna be a boy. Yeah, that's fine. And then I had, then uh, I miss my third one being born because I was in Iraq by like two or three days. Man. Two or three days. Yeah. So I was already on the tarmac waiting to, to fly back so that I can see my Abiko be born. Oh, because uh, you got you had leave, right? You yeah. Had, you okay? It was like a temporary. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I left. Because I am remembering it wrong altogether. I remember I, I left two weeks before she was due, mm-hmm. thinking that I'll be home to in see time. Her getting, you know, get it. But while I was in the tarmac waiting to get on the plane, they called. You know, my captain came up to me and said, "Hey, we got a message saying your daughter was born." I was like, "Oh man, right. <laughs> you oh, missed it! I missed it!" <laughs> you know, and so that that kind of sucked. But two days later, I was back home and I got to hold her, and I was like, "Wow." This is awesome. You know, I got three with the girls. And I mean, that was all she wrote, you know, just waiting. I mean, I mean, it was waiting and then I have to leave and finish my tour for like seven more months, seven or eight more months, and then come back. Yeah. And Ali and Ariana, they, uh, I remember them being super like hovering over you, like, uh-huh. like just like always following you around and like being super affectionate towards you. Sure. They wanted your attention and not hers. And that was the opposite. <laughs> Wait, what? They don't get near me. Oh, now it's the opposite. Oh, now it's the opposite. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, well, you know. When you're when you're around a lot. All right, fine, fine, fine. Uh Fine. Let me ask you one I want to ask you two silly questions just to finish it out. Yeah. What's your perfect pizza? Mm. Oh. Pineapples in it, right? Mm. I only have one, and I get this all the time. It's like a meat lover's pizza. Okay, I want a pizza with like a lot of meat on it, and it's just the way I am. I just love pizza with shit tons of pe- uh, meat on it. Meat, meat. It has to have meat. And uh, you said two, right? Yeah. But that's the only one I want. No, uh, just meat. I only that you and I are pretty similar. I only, the only thing I'd ask differently, I'd add difference to your pizza. Perfect pizza is meat lovers pizza, but the crust is stuffed crust. Sure. <laughs> You're like whatever. Um, let me ask. I'm gonna ask you two more questions here. Ugly and live forever, or attractive and die in a year. Ugly. Okay. I'll go the ugly route because I'm already used to that. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't have to like. If I, I'm attractive, I'm going to die young. You know, if I can get ugly, I can get by, and uh, I can win them over with my personality. And uh, last question from, from me to you. Sure. Um, what's the first thing you think about when you, what's the first thing you think when you wake up? Damn, I got to go back to work. <laughs> um, honestly, that's, that's your that's first thought. Is. That's what it is now, man. Uh, before, you know, I was more grateful about having another day but now this is like man get get up and get to work in man shit well you got to wake up early in the morning like yeah, super early exactly. before your your literal job is about the sun so you have to beat the sun to it well, most of the time yeah yeah all right last question do you have a question for me um sure um if you could create one one rule what everybody had to follow Everybody, the whole world, what rule would it be? Don't be stupid. Wow. All right. Simple. <laughs> cool. Mine would be respect everybody. Hmm. That's actually about equal. <laughs> I would say that's about equal. I mean, come on. If people don't be stupid, this world would be a lot, a lot more. Yeah. Things would run a lot more smoother. Mm-hmm. So, all right. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, Ladies and gentlemen, that was a uh, new episode of the Music with the Chaka Show with the new format. So let us know if you like it. Let, let us know down in the comments below if you liked it. Um, any suggestions for um, for guests or any questions that I should be asking when I do these interviews? Um, Juan, thank you very much for doing this. Love you. You're the bro. very you're the very very first uh, person on this new format, and so you nice. set the bar. Uh, I mean, low. it was a pretty boring bar. 
No. I'm sure there's other bars you can go. I think that was a very interesting uh, yeah, listen. This is the way it is, you know. I will tell everybody, you know, hey, just uh, respect. Uh, just remember, the, well, you want to respect everybody, but remember the golden rule, you know. Um, treat others the way you want to be retreated. And if you want the world to change, be the change that you want to see the world. Gandhi. I mean, so it's Gandhi say that? I, I think I just, that I was I Gandhi. I made that up. That is Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> <It's like, laughs> You're stupid, man. I thought I just made that up. Uh, <laughs> anyways, no, really. Um, uh, I... Uh, there's so much stuff that, you know, I definitely would, you know, tell other people to, like, learn. And I'll tell you that leadership is one of them. But being a leader doesn't mean just being a leader of people. It just means being a leader of your life and uh, leading yourself to make the right decisions. So, you know, there's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot of mantras, you know, in there. But um, anyways, but thanks for having me. Bro. Yeah. Right. So I am your host, Lewis, signing out.